Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. Hallelujah. I want to share with you this morning, Mike. If I had to pick one favorite Christmas prophecy from the Old Testament, I'd have to pick Isaiah 9-6. And I preach from it every year because I can and because I could preach from it every day and never exhaust it. It's unexhaustible because it's eternal. Because it's talking about Jesus who is infinite, infinite in wisdom, infinite in mercy, infinite in power, infinite in compassion for each one of us. So here's the prophecy, um, Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born. I like to say it, unto me a child is born. Unto me a son is given. And the government of my life will be upon his shoulder, on this baby, this infant, who, like we sang, reigns from this manger throne. The government of, his, of my life is on his shoulder, even when he was in the manger. He's ruling and reigning on earth. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And I, I want to, we're going we're gonna to take this verse and we're just going to chew a little bit on it today and let it just come into our, our body, let it get into our spiritual DNA, begin to digest it, begin to get, let it get into our system as we ponder and think about the miracle of God so loved the world that God became a man and lived among us. As we prepare to take communion this morning and we just, just, just let the marination of the Holy Spirit affect you today. So here I am. Again, like I said, I think I said this last week, um, I have to, uh, you know, every year I write a, a Christmas poem. I'll write, I'll share the one I wrote for this year tonight. Uh, but this is one from a few years back that I like. And I do this probably just to humble myself. I read these things because it's awful humbling. And, um, you know, you can laugh at me. But um, I'll trade places with you if you like. His name shall be called Wonderful, a miracle in every breath. The love of God revealed to man, revealed by his life and death. His name shall be called Counselor, the counsel of God for me. The plans of God concealed through time, revealed on a bloody tree. His name shall be called Mighty God, the greatest of all mysteries. The strength of God concealed in a child, this weakness revealed deity. His name shall be called Father, the one that lived before time. The love of the Father displayed in his Son, the love that now has become mine. His name shall be called Peace, the Prince of all life has come. The misery and strife which had stolen my life, it's bowed its knee to, to the sun. So that's, that's my poem for um, whatever year I wrote that on. But this is, um, I want to I just break down this word for you today. His name shall be called Wonderful. Everyone say Wonderful. wonderful. And it's a, it's a very simple word. I think, um, actually I think there was a famous soccer star by the name of Pele, wasn't there? Is that true? There was. Well, that word wonderful in the Hebrew is Pele. That's what it is. That's how you can remember it. It means wonderful. 
Actually, another, the, it's wonderful. You translate it directly into English, it's wonderful, but it means more than wonderful. There's a, a supernatural infusion in that word wonderful. It's wonderful in a supernatural sense. It's wonderful because it is supernatural. His name shall be called Wonderful, or his name will be called Miracle. Everything about this name, the name of Jesus, and the person that this name identifies is supernatural and miraculous. Here's a quote. I love this quote from my, one of my heroes, Matthew Henry. He says, he is wonderful counselor. Justly is he called wonderful, for he is both God and man. How is that even possible? But Jesus is God and man. I think the thing that's shocking when you see him for yourself How many people are looking forward to that day when you see Jesus for yourself? I think the thing that's going to be so shocking when you see him for yourself, it's going to be two two things and it's going to be hard. It's the thing that shocked John. John saw him and he saw the the lion and the lamb. He saw the supernatural nature of the Son of God and he saw the, the condescension of the Son of Man all at the same time. In heaven, Jesus exists in both of his natures, in his humanity and in his deity. And both of them are shocking when you see him. So that's him born of a, he's born in a manger. He's both God and man. His love is the wonder of angels and glorified saints. In his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection and ascension, he was wonderful. A constant series of wonders attended him and without controversy, great was the mystery of godliness concerning him. So why do we say his name was wonderful? Well, first of all, his birth was supernatural. How is it even possible for Jesus to be born of a virgin, but he was? How is it possible for him to have a human birth with a date on it, if the date is right, 2,023 years ago on December 25th, if that's the right date, a date happened when Jesus became a man and was born among us. But the mystery of the, of the wonderful nature of that birth is that wasn't when he was born, even though it was when he was born. He was born on that day, but he wasn't born on that day. He was born on that day, but he's always been with the Father from eternity. He took on a human body and was born of a virgin, even though he's the only begotten son born in eternity without a beginning. That's the amazing thing about this. His birth is wonderful. He is the only begotten son. I love saying that. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I want you to say it with me. His only begotten son. His only begotten son. I'm not his begotten son. I was created in the image of God and he breathed his spirit into me. But, but Jesus is the same essence of the father, always existed, eternal in his nature. Jesus, his name shall be called wonderful because his birth is ununderstandable, incomprehensible. His life and his ministry was supernatural. He lived among us. And he was hidden away as a man for 33 years. 
But in his humility and his humanity, he performed signs and wonders and miracles. He turned water into wine. He walked on water. He fed the multitudes with fish and bread. He cast out demons. He opened the eyes of the blind. He called the lame to leap for joy. He raised the dead up from their destructions. There were miracles, signs and wonders. He stilled the storm and he cleansed the the woman with leprosy and he cleansed the woman from her, her hemorrhage of blood. Miracles, signs and wonders everywhere he went. His life and his ministry was wonderful. And just for inside information, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His ministry is still wonderful today. It hasn't stopped. Yeah, his death was wonderful. The death of Jesus was supernatural. Christ died to save sinners. How is it possible that when he died, I died? I don't know how it's possible, but I know it's true. I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. His death was wonderful. He took in his body when he died for me on that tree in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. He took my sin in his body on the cross. He took my sickness and my disease in his body on the cross. He took the curse of poverty that's tried to hold on to my life and tried to hold on to your life. He broke that curse of poverty off of my life when he died on the cross. His death is wonderful. Somebody say it with me. His death is wonderful. His death is supernatural. There's supernatural in every drop of blood that poured from the cross. There's wonderful supernatural nature in the death of the Son of God that breaks the spirit of death from off of our lives. So his birth was wonderful. His life and ministry was wonderful. And his death on the cross was wonderful. And you have to agree with me that his resurrection from the dead was wonderful. Oh, it was different from the other people that may have been raised from the dead. We know that Elijah raised somebody from the dead and and Elisha raised somebody from the dead and Jesus raised probably three or more people up from the dead in his ministry. But this was different. These people died and went back into the tomb again. This resurrection was different. When Jesus was raised up from the dead, it was permanent and it was final. And death, the death of humans was final. You know, I went and celebrated with a a, a couple of funerals this last week. And it made me think about, about death. Made me think about it. You know, there's a, there's a difference when a, a Christian dies and when a non-Christian dies. There's a difference because there's a, there's a hope in the Christian's life. It's more than a hope. There's a reality in the Christian's life because they know that they know that they know their resurrection belongs to them. How do they know? Because they tasted resurrection here in this life. They were once dead in their sins, living like the rest of the world. Christ came in and they were raised out of their death and began to live a new life in Christ in this life. Our testimony, my testimony, and your testimony. I was once in sin, and I was not only forgiven, but delivered from sin. That testimony testifies that the resurrection is true. 
And it testifies that this, this doomed body, this mortal body, one day soon will put on a permanent immortal body and I'll be like Christ, not only spiritually, but physically, and I'll be like him forever. It's true. His death was supernatural. His resurrection was supernatural. His present day ministry is wonderful and supernatural. There is a man by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, who's seated at the right hand of the Father right now. And Paul said he's ruling the universe by the word of his power. This man, he's wonderful. His name is Jesus. This man who's at the right hand of the Father is praying for me every day, every moment of every day. He's my heavenly advocate and my heavenly intercessor. As a matter of fact, he represents me. Every time the Father looks toward me, all he can see is Jesus. That's all he can see. The Father's vision has been, has been colored. It's been colored by Jesus. That's all he can see when he looks at me is Jesus, 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 Jesus. He's my heavenly high priest. He's my heavenly intercessor. He's my heavenly baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Today, there's a river flowing out from him to whosoever will. He is seated at the right hand of God and his heavenly ministry is absolutely wonderful. Somebody say wonderful. Yeah, his return will be supernatural, and it'll be wonderful. There's a day coming. Oh, Paul said the, the sky is going to be rolled back like a scroll. This, this creation is going to be rolled back. There's, a, there's creation that separates us from the other, the other reality, which is heaven, and it's going to be like someone took it and rolled it back, and suddenly there he is in all of his glory. Heaven will be rolled back like a scroll in that day. And every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him will see him. His return is sooner and better and more powerful than you can ever imagine. When he comes back, every hidden thing will be exposed. Everything will be exposed. Everything will be rewarded. Everything, all justice will be satisfied in a moment of time as Christ returns. And that he will come, like it says in, in the book of Zechariah, and his feet will be planted firmly on the, on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. And he'll reign on earth as the Prince of Peace. And there will be peace on this earth as he rules and reigns. His eternal reign will be wonderful and supernatural. So a, a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. And his name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Counselor. Don't get nervous. I've got a clock here. I'm not going to wear you out. You, those who have been here a while, you know be better than that, right? You know, you know one, of the, one of my pet peeves when you have a guest speaker? He's been preaching for an hour and a half. He's wearing everybody out. And he says, can I have a few more minutes? And somebody in the back says, go preach on. And the other people want to throw stuff at him. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's our, he's our counselor. He's our counselor. The word of God. What is counsel? It's God's wisdom. It's God's words. The wisdom of God 
became a man. The Word became flesh. Jesus is the incarnation of the wisdom of God. He gives us counsel in every aspect of our life. Every aspect of our life, look to him, cling to him, hold on to him. If you're having marriage issues, family issues, cling on to him, get a hold of him, and hang on for dear life. He is the wisdom of God. He'll show you and speak to you. You lean upon the Lord. He'll become your counselor. If you don't lean upon the Lord, you're going to have to look for human counsel and human wisdom to solve your problems. Good luck with that. Get a hold of Jesus. Get a hold of Jesus. Go lay on his couch for a while and let him speak over you. Let him speak wisdom into you. Let him speak life over you. Let the wisdom of God flow into your belly about your marriage, about your family. He'll speak over you about your business and about your finances. Those of you that have, that have an entrepreneur spirit upon you, he is a visionary, the greatest of all visionaries. He'll give you visions and dreams of what he wants to see happen in and through your life for his glory and for your satisfaction and joy. He will direct you in business adventure. You have an unfair advantage over the lost people. Take, tap into it. Tap into the wisdom of God. Pray in the Holy Ghost over God's plan. Don't sit there and make all these plans and then ask God to bless it. Just find what he wants. Listen to him. He wants what's best for you. And he'll use you for his glory. And it'll be bigger and better than you thought. He'll, he is a problem solver. If you've got problems in your business, he will give you solutions to your problems. Look to him. Pray in tongues over your business. Read the scriptures. Pray in tongues. Read your scriptures and pray in tongues. And he'll speak life and he'll give you solutions to real life problems. He'll give you purpose for your life. He'll speak into your life the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God about his purpose and plan. He has a plan for you. That was one of the things that hooked me on the lakefront. Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life. Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life. That's all, that, all, that's all that I need, those two things. He loves me and has a plan for my life. I'm going to grab those two things this Christmas. He loves me and has a plan for my life. And if you'll seek him and look to him, you'll receive the counsel about the purpose and plan over your life. And then you'll also see the God, you'll begin to get an understanding. You're pressing into this one. His name is Counselor or Counsel, Supernatural Counsel. He'll begin to speak into your life. You'll begin to understand the prophetic day. Instead of being afraid, the knuckleheads, shooting people, terrorists, crazy politicians, thieves and crooks and scandals. In every arena, went from the political world to the church world, preachers, scandals, blah, 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 blah. Get a hold of Jesus for yourself. Get your eyes off everybody else. Get your eyes on Jesus for yourself. Get your eyes on Jesus. He is the counselor. Let me, let me see this last few things here. It says, he is a, he is a, a mighty God. 
He is a mighty God. It's, this is a, an unusual word. It's called Gabor, El Gabor, mighty God. This literally means the warrior God, the one who fights for us. There's a warrior. He's gone before me. Oh, I, I, when was that guy, Mr. T, I pity the fool? Isn't that what he used to say? I pity the fool. Oh, I pity the fool that messes with God's sons and daughters. Because this one, this one is for us. I'm following after him. He's before me. He's around me. He's behind me. He's ahead of me. He's got my back. He's got my front. He is my, he is my warrior. And no weapon formed and framed against my life will ever prosper. Because he always, 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 always... I can say this after 50, almost 51 years following the Lord. He's always, in the darkest days, he's always had my back, and he's always led me into triumph every time. Hallelujah. He is El Gabor. Let me share with, this is a a short statement from Matthew Henry on this. He is the mighty God, God the mighty one. As he has the wisdom necessary to complete his undertaking, so also he has the strength. How much strength does this all, this mighty one have? He's all powerful. He is all powerful. He is infinite in power. He is infinite in this power. And that power is on disposal for the sons and daughters of God. It's around me and for me, the power of God. All power in heaven and on earth has been given to him. In his name we go. The power of God, El Gabor. He is able to save completely. Such is the work of the mediator that no less a power than that of the mighty God could could accomplish it. He is the mighty God. He's able to save us to the uttermost. He saves us completely by his power. He breaks, the you know, it's, it's more than just forgiveness of sins. He breaks the power of sin from off of our life. The shackles are broken. We don't have to keep going back to the cesspool and drinking from it, then feeling sorry and getting forgiveness again. The shackles are broken. The shackles are broken. The mighty God has worked on my behalf. He's broken the chains that held me as a slave. He broke the chains. The warrior God is warring on my behalf. He's the everlasting father. Yeah, he came to make us sons and daughters. I have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but I've received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. He sent the spirit of his son into my heart. He sent the spirit of sonship into my heart, and now I am a son of God. He's my father, and I'm his son. And this relationship is a relationship of intimacy and love. It's what our hearts are looking for. It's the one thing your heart is longing for, and you try to fill it with everything else. One thing. Everyone say one thing. There's one thing that your heart longs for. It's intimacy with God. You may not know it yet, but that's the very depth of your heart because you've been created in the image of God. Inside of you, there's a longing for him to know him, to walk with him, to him to be your father. For him to be your father, for you to to be with him and love him and let him love you and pour his love on you again and again and again. He is my everlasting father. 
Father, Father, oh, Father in heaven, I praise you, I worship you. I thank you, Lord, you've made me your son. You're my father. Oh, thank you, Father. You've made me your son, and I walk with you, Lord. And he's the prince of peace. Yeah, he's the prince of peace. As a king, he preserves the peace. He commands peace. In fact, he creates peace in his kingdom. He is our peace. It is his peace that both keeps the hearts of his people and rules in them. He's not only a peaceful ruler whose reign is peaceful, but also the author and giver of all good things. All the the peace that is the present and future happiness of his subjects. Adam Clark made reference to him as Sar Shalom, which is the Hebrew word for Prince of Peace. Sar Shalom, the Prince of Prosperity, the giver of all blessings. Oh, the peace of God that passes all comprehension. Supernatural peace. Not peace that comes because of my circumstances, but God's peace that floods my soul. It's a different kind of peace. It's a peace the world can't give. It's a peace that satisfies and sustains you all the days of your life. When he comes to reign on this earth, oh, the angels proclaim peace on earth. There's a day coming. Oh, yeah, right now we're in the transition. There's a war. There's war happening in this earth. Trying its best, the spirit of Antichrist is stirring things maximum in this generation. Trying desperately to avert what's about to happen. The coming of Jesus Christ and the reign of the Prince of Peace on this earth. There's a day coming when peace will reign beginning in Jerusalem all across the world. Because Jesus, the son of David, will return and reign on this earth as the Prince of all peace. Peace on earth. Oh, I like the sound of it. Say it with me. Peace on earth. It's a different, it's a peace that comes only from him. Yeah, and this, it all starts for me. I have peace with God through faith in his blood. Do you have peace with God today? Do you have, have you made peace with God? Is Jesus in your life? You know, can I, can I walk with him? Peace in my heart as I walk with him every day. I can walk with peace. You know, it's not a matter of I'm a good person. No, I'm a forgiven person. My conscience is clean, not because I was guiltless, but because I'm forgiven. Absolutely a clean conscience. As if I never sinned. How about you? As if I never sinned against my parents or against my friends or against other people. I have total clear conscience because my sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, being justified by faith, I have peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. Peace on earth. So we're going to celebrate this peace this morning. We're going to take communion together. So let's stand right here. Let's stand together in this, in this house. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information. 